Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered, Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, 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 everyone. Today it is Wednesday, October the 14th, October. October is here, fall is here, and I don't know, wherever you're listening in the world, I just hope that you are having an amazing day today. I'm just going to share my gratitude and share my feeling of happiness and joy that I'm experiencing in this moment recording the show today. I have an amazing guest and I'll get to that in a second. I just want everyone just to sit and appreciate one thing in your life. Just take a deep breath in, feel the appreciation of the day. I mean, Wherever you are, again, in the world, in Ottawa, over the past, over the, the last week, a lot of heavy things have fallen over the city when it comes to COVID, when it comes to the pandemic and some new closures. A lot of lives have been affected, a lot of jobs lost again, and it's been a heavy, heavy freaking week. <laughs> that being said, I could not have chosen or picked a better guest to come on the show this week. Today, I am speaking with Julian Brass. Now, I found Julian on his Instagram. His Instagram is at Julian Brass. He has been a huge uh, support for my personal anxiety just with this post. So if you're, if you suffer or I don't like the word suffer, but if you have anxiety and you like to connect to people and find ways to heal yourself and to rid yourself of anxiety, Julian has been excellent in really make normalizing it. He is an anxiety coach. He teaches you not only how to survive with your anxiety, but to thrive with anxiety. Such a positive guy with a great twist on this mindset of anxiety. It's amazing. He's also an international best-selling author of his book, Own Your Anxiety. He's a motivational keynote speaker and a corporate wellness facilitator. Super rad dude. I mean, throughout his journey of self-sabotage and negative self-talk and low vibrational negative habits, like we all have, he discovered that he has the responsibility to change his relationship to his anxiety. So he did just that. So today's episode is all about what anxiety looks like, how it controls our lives, how we cope with various forms of it. And then he's going to give us his top three ways to begin our journey to heal and accept and thrive. (sighs) I mean, what a day, what a week. Without further ado, here we go. Julian Brass, everyone. All right, Julian, hi. How are you today? Beautiful, beautiful day in Toronto. The fall weather, the blue skies, the leaves are full of colors. I'm pretty good. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Um, You are a huge inspiration. I I actually found you on Instagram and you made a few posts, I'm going to say like four or five months ago, that really hooked my attention because I was feeling super 
anxious and I have, I do suffer from anxiety. Uh, and you really spoke to me about how to empower or use my, my anxiety as, as a superpower essentially, Uh which is one of your key messages on the gram. And I just, I, I knew right away that I needed you to come on the show. I didn't, I was actually nervous for some reason too. (laughs) I had anxiety about asking you, (laughs) but then of course with my, my ridiculous schedule, I like, (laughs) missed an email, I put off the, the podcast, I didn't, I didn't do anything to help, so I apologize for that. <laughs> hey, you know what, that's all good. But uh, regardless, I'm super happy that you're here. I didn't realize you're in Toronto. I'm in Ottawa. Did you know that? I did. Okay. I did. I always do research before I say yes to a podcast. So fellow Ontarian, awesome. Awesome. Uh, you guys are in like major lockdown right now too, because we just had that second closure craziness uh yeah a lot of the good stuff's closed down yeah super what a bummer so let's get into this let's talk about this um as an anxiety coach what what is an anxiety coach let's get into that what do you do yeah so basically it's an evolution of um I work with so Mm -hmm. I worked with before I wrote my book and published my book Own Your Anxiety um, which you know has has been published in a couple languages and it's helping people around the world I'm really grateful to be able to say that Um, before the book came out I was doing a lot of uh, coaching so life coaching holistic health coaching Mm -hmm. uh, success coaching but really with a very specific person it was for a uh, person who's achieved a lot in their life, uh, who is very driven, very high functioning, working really hard, you know, generally an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or someone in the C-suite at the corporation. Um, and then as the book came out, uh, you know, just some of the verbiage changed where, you know, yeah. I was like, okay, let's use the methodology from Own Your Anxiety as the um, sort of uh, uh, background as the framework for the stuff that we're going to be doing together. Uh, So basically it's like, you know, an anxiety coach in my life would be working with people who are high functioning, high achieving, doing great work, but realize that too much of their fuel perhaps is coming from the wrong places Mm -hmm. and they're walking around in the back of their mind, like maybe they're closing big deals and, you know, running a successful company. But in the back of their mind, they're like, uh, I'm really anxious a lot of the time. Like, and I'm not enjoying the success that I'm achieving because I'm so freaking anxious. So yeah. I help people get more successful, but also learn how to change that anxiety from being, you know, scary and debilitating to positive and empowering at the same time. Because what's the point of being successful in anything if you're not actually going to enjoy yourself and your life when you reach that destination? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I would imagine that there's a lot of people in the world right now that have some level of anxiety, whether they're aware of it or not. Like I would imagine some people don't really even know that they're anxious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, before this, my book came out about a year ago and in the intro, I talked about the anxiety epidemic, which is is yes. an epidemic. Yes. And that was long before COVID was a household <laughs> term or fear or real thing that we think about and live by. Yeah. Um, 
see, everybody's more anxious now than ever. You know, I mean, it's some people are still anxious about the same thing. Some people are anxious about brand new things. Uh, you know, like never before did you need to worry about if I should like hold my breath when another stranger is like close to me, mm-hmm. right? It's, unless you were super on the germaphobe spectrum, uh, <laughs> not to take it away from anyone who is. I, no, I no, get no. It. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you didn't think about things like that, but now you're thinking about that. Is my mask here? Uh, you know, is that person sneezing because they're sick? Like, there's so many things that are crossing our minds, and our schedules and routines are totally, totally upside down, right? Yeah. Like, like a, a great thing for, for our mental health is to be able to get outside and to, you know, sometimes get out of our head by being around other people who are, you know, frankly, I'll just use a simple term, distracting us from thinking too much. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully the environment that we, you know, go to work in or that yoga class or the gym or whatever is a really positive, healthy environment. But these days we're kind of stuck a lot of the times alone, mm-hmm. captive, inside, talking about big, scary terms like lockdown. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what does that do for our mental health? You know, every single thing that we do think or say affects what happens inside our minds and our bodies and our spirits. So we got to be super cognizant of that. So with that, what is anxiety? What is it? And how do we know that we're having it? What does it look like? So, you know, it's funny. It's this this term that we, like, all know so well. Yes. But it shows up to a lot of us in different ways. Mm -hmm. That's that's the irony of anxiety. Uh, You know, and some people have severe clinical anxiety. Some people have anxiety that could be shifted by making lifestyle changes Mm -hmm. uh my work is for it's not for people who actually need true clinical help because you know i'm not an md i'm not a a licensed uh you know psychiatrist psychologist psychotherapist Uh, i go about it from a very alternative way yes it is rooted in major science research and collaborations from the western medical world and also from a ton of collaborations and living and learning from Eastern philosophy in the Eastern world, and I kind of bring it all together. Um, in the book, there's 99 tools to own your anxiety, and there's 98 references at the back, just to right. kind of put it into perspective. Yes. Um, but, you know, that being said, uh, I, I speak to the what, what some of the top brain doctors have said is the 90% of anxiety sufferers, which are people who actually don't need clinical intervention, even though they may think they do. Yep. What they need is to make lifestyle changes and to get in the driver's seat of their own life. So coming back to your question, anxiety is something that shows up to different people differently, right? Like, like what is anxiety? Well, is it to the person who only gets anxious when they're going to speak on stage? Mm-hmm. Or is it the person who's anxious when they get out of bed in the morning, mm-hmm. right? Anxiety shows up in different ways to those two people. Generally speaking, the root cause of anxiety is from fear of the unknown. Right. So it's some type of fear based on some sort of unknown. Right. And, you know, what that unknown is, again, becomes a very individual experience. It comes down to, well, you know, am I be, is my unknown, well, I've got 500 employees and if I don't close this deal, I'm going to lay off 250 or is my unknown, I uh, have a three-year-old son and uh, I'm really worried about, you know, his uh, learning development and how he's socializing with his friends or lack thereof. You know what I mean? I do. Or yeah. my anxiety comes from, 
you know, the fact that I'm 50 pounds overweight and every time I try to lose the weight, I'm great for a week and then I can't stick to it. Yes. Right? And now I'm anxious about my health. Yes. My anxiety could be from my relationship, right? There's so many places. So, but generally the one unifying factor, Elisa, yeah. is that it's fear of the unknown. Yes. That, I could, that resonates with me. I mean, that's kind of how my anxiety started. I used to compete for Canada and freestyle skiing and I started to have that pressure, right? So a performance pressure, which was also fear of the unknown because I wanted an outcome. I didn't know if I could achieve it. Um, but then it also kind of stemmed from fear, a little bit of trauma, a little bit of shame, a little bit of, you know, making assumptions. And I started getting into the habit of looping in this anxiety loop. <laughs> That's kind of what I called it. Of uh, It was like a cycle of anxiety where I would talk myself into being anxious and then talk myself out of being anxious. And that feeling in my body res- resulted in like anxiety to me is heart palpitations. It's uh, jitters. It's lack of concentration. It's hard to sleep. It's you know, binge eating, it's starving myself, it, it kind of looks like a lot of things. And mm-hmm. I know that you have, um, you had a big wake up call as well in your life, um, mm-hmm. where you started, like you realized you had severe anxiety. What did that feel like in your body? Sure. And I'm going to actually, you said something that, that kind of brought up uh, an idea that I'm going to yeah. sort of, uh, you know, piggyback on that and then answer the question. Sure. Asked, great. That's okay. Yeah, okay, awesome. totally. So competitive skier. First of all, that's freaking cool. Good for <laughs> yeah, you. Thanks. Bravo. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. I might ask, have to ask for some ski tips because I love skiing, but <laughs> I'm certainly amateur. Um, okay. So my book, my work, my online courses, uh, uh, my clients, corporations who come to me to train all their employees about how to master their mental health, mm-hmm. it is all built and predicated on the idea that if professional athletes and professional musicians and actors, people who are in the public eye, mm-hmm. are able to take the fear of anxiety and the, the fear they feel when they feel anxiety and the debilitative side of that, mm-hmm. you know, and the negative self-talk, if they're able to take all of that, which like, to keep it super simple, let's just call it negative energy. Okay. If they can take all of that negative energy and then literally learn how to channel it to become positive, focused, uh, concentrated, charismatic, dynamic, you know, can't hold me back energy, which is very much what happens with professional athletes and performers when they go on stage, right? Then anxiety becomes their superpower. Right. Anxiety becomes their secret edge, right? Like I know so many professional athletes and I've worked with some and I've worked with, um, with performers as well. And, you know, it's like, when that shift happens, right? Because in the dressing room before the race or, or in the green room before the show, right? Like people are getting in the zone. These professionals are getting in the zone. You know, they're like hitting themselves (laughs) times. They're getting pumped, right? Like in it, man, maybe they're blasting their favorite track and they almost want their adrenaline to go. So sometimes it happens because they, it's like self-induced anxiety, which is super facilitative. And other times it's like, Oh fuck, it's just so big and so scary. What am I going to do about it? But either way, the thing is that when 
I'm sure some of your most successful races happen, it's because you shifted your self-talk from negative to positive and you took that negative energy, whether you were conscious or not, you took that negative energy and anxiety and managed to literally shift it into such focus, right? Yeah. Such strength, such power, such self-love and self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I try to help people do. Mm -hmm. So now back to the question you just asked me, how did I learn about that? Mm -hmm. Well, that's because 12 years ago, I moved back from living in Silicon Valley for a few years uh, to Canada to start up an old business, uh, which I ran for nine years and then I sold it in 2017. And when I started the business, I was this young, super broke, very low life level experience Meaning I don't, I didn't have the holistic tools, the tools to, you know, get myself out of bad thought patterns, the tools to care for my body and my mind, the tools to, you know, give my spirit and my soul what it needs to feel connected to something bigger, mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff, relationship tools. I didn't have them. I was in volatile relationships, you know, food and drink uh, tools and knowledge didn't yep. have them, you know, I'm stressed. Cool. I'm going to go either do some drugs or go drink a bunch of alcohol. Yep. I'm tired. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to grab a Red Bull or like five double espressos, you know, <laughs> like I didn't have tools to know that this stuff would really affect my, my, my anxiety and my mental health. Yeah. So what happened is I had this kind of wake up call after feeling like down and out and that I couldn't talk about my anxiety as I was trying to start my old business. Um, and, and, and I, you know, so broke that I literally didn't know how I was going to make rent a couple times. I went to get money from the bank and two times it, it gave me a negative red writing, uh, account balance. My account balance was a negative red writing. I didn't get the money. Like, you know, I was, you know, freaking out about mm -hmm. how I was going to live. And then there was all that negative self-talk of like, there's no way I'm moving back to my parents going into the basement. There's no chance. Okay. And I can't talk about this because I'm supposed to be a successful entrepreneur has all of this shit together. Oh, plus I'm a man. So I carry that male stigma that I'm supposed to be strong and powerful mm -hmm. and, you know, never be worried about anything, whether it's a big guy who wants to fight me or the fact that I can't sleep at night because I'm so afraid of what tomorrow is going to break. These things are things that a lot of us guys carry, uh, carry with us. For sure. And, you know, we're not so good at communicating a lot of the time. So all of this was creating way more anxiety for me. All of this was creating so much more anxiety and so much, like I said earlier, fear of the unknown. So, you know, and one side note for everyone listening, we can so easily create these new thought patterns that can really hurt us or really serve us. So, like, for instance... Two times I went to get 40 bucks from the bank, from the ATM, and I didn't get it. It said negative $36 one time. I don't remember what the other one said. And I so quickly started to develop a bit of this like fear-based thought pattern, which was something that would come up when I would go to the ATM. Mm -hmm. And I would go to the ATM, and as I was going to it, all of a sudden now I'm thinking, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. I hope I have enough money. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and that mm -hmm. became a new thought pattern. So, mm -hmm. everyone listening, what thought patterns might you be creating or have created that are really hurting you? Because mm -hmm. we all have them, right? Like, for me to become conscious, it took me maybe a year to realize every time I go to the bank, I'm like actually afraid now mm -hmm. that there's not going to be enough money because I suffered such trauma in that moment when I was like, shit, I can't get $40. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I had to break that and I had to create a new relationship around money and around wealth and abundance. Just for example, everyone listening has your own 
relationships of thought patterns that you've created, okay? About your diet, about your self-worth, about your ability to be successful, about your your physical look, about you, you name it. Yep. So for me, it was pretty bad for a while. Um, and I stumbled into a yoga studio uh, by the, you know, grace of God slash crush on a girl that I liked at the time. Uh, <laughs> Love it. I didn't need to join her at the <laughs> yoga studio for a class. I had never done it before. Um, it was a 90 minute, 40 degree Celsius, about 110, 120 degree Fahrenheit, uh, hot 90 minute Bikram yoga class. And I was out late the night before until the early hours of the day, probably out until five or six partying in the class. If I remember correctly, it was at 9.30 AM. I was like a young dude, thought I was powerful, thought I was unstoppable, thought sleep was really just, you know, something that people do when they're retired. And, um, (laughs) I thought I was going to die as soon as that class started. Everyone mm-hmm. was looking around. And, and, and it was funny because I was out, you know, partying with, with my friends, uh, you know, at some after party until, until the morning came. And these people, they looked higher than my friends and I did just a few hours prior. And they were like stone cold sober getting ready to start on Sunday. And I'm just like, what are these people on? How are they so calm? They look so peaceful. What's going on here? Meanwhile, uh-huh. I'm like, like just excreting like sweat that smells like vodka. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on here? And anyways, <laughs> it was 89 minutes of total hell. One minute of complete bliss, euphoria, yeah. if you will. And in that minute, I was like, you know, changing afterwards. Uh, and, and I recalled that minute and I'm just like, like what happened? Something profound happened that required nothing outside of myself. And you see people mm. with anxiety, Mm-hmm. are often running around looking for something outside of ourselves mm-hmm. to help us. Mm-hmm. It's the drink, it's the drug, it's the relationship, it's the helping hand, it's the therapist, it's the you know shopping spree, it's the food, it's yeah. the sex, it's you name it. But the thing is that in that moment I realized that everything I actually need is inside of me mm-hmm. and now it's a trick of how do I create that feeling way more often. Mm-hmm. So that I get less anxiety in the first place, but I also maybe, maybe if I do the work I thought to myself and I learn the tools, I can start to create a way that, you know, even if I do get the anxiety, I can like snap my fingers and bring it right back down into a place that I can now manage all of that, what was once negative energy, just like the pro athletes and the performers do. And that's what really changed my life because I started to become way more mindful, live way healthier, make a ton of new habits, break a ton of crappy habits. And, you know, I, I eventually it led me to go travel the world, learning from gurus of the mind, body and soul to actually be able to, you know, learn this stuff so deeply that it wasn't just like, oh yeah, I've got an hour on my schedule. So I'm going to like pop by a yoga class. No, it's like my way of life. Mm-hmm. And the deeper I went into that work, funny because my business which I still owned it got more successful absolutely absolutely awesome love it I bet you everything really lifted up like you lifted your vibration you got it and the lifting of a vibration is a real thing you know a lot of people think that's like just like hippie talk but no we're all on a vibration that's why sometimes we say like oh yeah he's my vibe or she's my vibe or like oh yeah you know they have great vibes and sometimes it's like oh that person is just not my vibe. We're all on this vibrational frequency mm-hmm. and we need to become aware of like whether or not I want to, like what vibe do I want to be on and who do I want to be associating with because they all have a vibe too and their vibe may affect my vibe. 
Absolutely. So my vibe did lift up a lot. And, uh, you know, listen, for everyone listening, I don't want you to think, like, I have all my shit together 24-7. Like, it, my vibe lowers and my anxiety comes back and I get stuck in negative thought patterns too. It's just that I have tools that are almost reflex-like yep. to get me out of it so that I can be the human, the Julian that I want to be. And, you know, that's what all of my work is about. It's mm-hmm. it's not like, come here, there's a button you're going to push and your life is going to be forever changed. No, come here, there are tools you're going to learn and your life yes. will be forever changed. Oh, that that's very impactful because as we are human, like for me as an, uh, an awareness coach, I teach people how to become aware and how to pay attention to their mindsets. And just because we do this work, I've said this many times, but just because we do this work doesn't mean we're above it. Doesn't mean that we don't have to continue and we're not on our own personal journeys. It's just, um, however we can empathize and, and have some compassion and teach people the tools. It's really important to distinguish that. Like, and we're, you are likely learning every single day new levels or new ways or new pathways. Like our journey isn't linear. It's very freaking up, down, around, <laughs> backwards, forwards. <laughs> and, uh, and that is, that's a really powerful thing. And it's a very vulnerable place to be is to say like, yeah, I have anxiety. Like, like all trauma, like all uh, addiction, like all um, negative vibrations, to be able to sit with yourself and and understand and accept that this is actually happening. Is that kind of phase one here of this? Like for anyone that's listening that that has feels like they might be anxious or has suffered from anxiety in the past or doesn't really know why they feel off do you is what's what's how do we move forward with this like what's phase one okay so when i do my uh my live trainings and my webinars uh and my my, my you know keynotes and all that yes. good stuff that i love to do yeah. uh just love to get on and like serve people and teach them yeah. i often uh start with this analogy that anxiety is your life alarm so you know mm. we all have smoke alarms and uh, fire alarms in our homes anxiety is your life alarm Okay. And it rings because there is something that your anxiety is trying to tell you. Okay. Right? So just like a fire alarm. So it, it's like a red flag, sort of. What's that? Like a red flag, sort of, feeling? Well, imagine you're sleeping, okay? You know, you're in the middle of a great sleep. It's 4 a.m. And then all of a sudden you hear, ring, ring, Yeah. And it's your fire <laughs> alarm. You hop out of bed and you go look at the fire alarm and you don't look around for fire in your home or smoke. Instead, you grab your nearest baseball bat and you start whacking the fire alarm to try to break it and shut it up. (laughs) That's what most people are doing with their anxiety. Okay. I got you. I love it. It's, it's holy shit. I Mm -hmm. need another pill. Holy shit. I need a bottle of red wine or a couple shots of vodka it's, it's oh like, my yeah. god like pass me the tub of ice cream i've had a hard day and i haven't been able to relax you know it's i just got a promotion and all i'm thinking about is how i'm not fit for this promotion <laughs> yeah and what an imposter i am right you feel me yes it's all that kind of stuff so i believe that anxiety is the life alarm 
it is ringing trying to tell us something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's as like polarizingly obvious as, you know, oh, you only have half a cup of water a day while well, you're high, you're dehydrated. Yeah. Or, you know, you're drinking a couple bottles of wine every night <laughs> and you're, you know, drinking coffee all the way through the day until you go to bed. Like, you know, I could fix you in two seconds. You can fix yourself in one sec. You don't need me. It's like basic, you know, just become mindful. But that's where like the life alarm concept sort of, you know, creates sort of an initial awakening for an individual. After that life alarm awakening, you know, then it's time to start looking at, well, anxiety is usually coming from one of two categories or two buckets. One is, so one is physical and it's all the stuff that, you know, you can quickly look at yourself if you have some training or you're working with somebody who does some training and realize, okay, it's a deficiency of this thing or it's too much of that thing. It's very physical, right? Like if any human who does zero exercise, zero, 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 starts to go for a walk for 15 minutes a day, they're going to get massive breakthroughs in their mental health. Okay. You know, just as a very basic example. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, but the other bucket is metaphysical. So meta meaning outside of the physical realm. And that's when we have to start doing more of that inner work, that more of that like, you know, how am I living my life? Am I in alignment? Am I living to my values? Is my relationship serving or hurting? Is my career serving or hurting? Uh, you know, do I love myself? Do I got to work on my confidence? Is my weight, uh, you know, really, really getting to me? Am I always putting myself down? You know, if the answer is yes, okay, how do we change that? So um, am I am I holding on to shame for something that happened in my past? Or is there some trauma that I'm not willing to look at and work through, but really it's lingering and mm-hmm. it's like this chip on my shoulder every day of my life. And I now snap sometimes or get really anxious sometimes, you know, because I haven't done that work that... It, that, that really could change everything, for example. And that's the metaphysical stuff. It's stuff that we've got to do more inner work uh, or, or work with, with a professional to figure out. And I just want to say that. Like, I don't want anyone listening to think that you're alone if you haven't done this work or, 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 yeah. or it's new to, to even think about this kind of stuff. You're not alone. But this is the beginning of your transformation. Yeah. To, to take the stuff that you and I are talking about, at least really seriously, because this is how a person wakes up and transforms. So back to your question. How does a person, would you say that like, what's the first step? The first step is, sure, you know, if you want to sound like we're on the cover of a Time magazine, not you, but you know, in general, it's mindfulness. Sure. It's awareness. It's consciousness. But, you know, I believe, let's get more extreme because I think we need extreme visualizations to take extreme action. It's your life alarm and it is blazing hot and ringing. Look around and say, where is the smoke coming from? And sometimes it's really easy to fall on, and other times it's a little bit harder. It doesn't mean grab that baseball bat. It means get on your knees or hop on the counter mm-hmm. and explore like a detective, mm-hmm. right? We need to rip ourselves open sometimes mm-hmm. to figure out what we can take away, what is just not serving us anymore, what we can release, and then we sew ourselves back up as a better version of ourselves. Okay. So <laughs> I really like that life alarm analogy and how but sometimes sometimes I find my anxiety response or when I'm feeling anxious is more like a low grade like picking of the scab sort of like hi I'm here like I've had massive wake-up calls myself and I have had like those big red blazing moments as well um and like actually recently 
with this COVID thing and with all my work stuff, I started to personally feel anxious. And it came across um, as, as kind of like just, you know, I couldn't take a full breath. And then I realized that I wasn't even allowing myself to take a full breath. I was almost keeping myself in a place of, um, of pain. Like I needed to stay there for a little bit. And then I, so that's kind of like leading into my next line of, of questioning for you is when, when we have this low grade stuff or when we have stuff that we are tolerating anxiety that we are tolerating day to day, like why, why do we go against ourselves in that in that way? What like why is it so difficult to acknowledge that that is anxiety and choose a different path? Yeah, great question. For one, it sounds like it's because we create new habits around that, and all of a sudden that becomes our new normal. Okay. Yes. Yes. When that for sure. So when that becomes our new normal, you know, all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, this sucks. I have this feeling, but, you know, I felt this way yesterday and the day before the day before and yeah. last week. So, like, I'm just, you know, it's just how I am. Mm-hmm. It's just how I and am. And then all of a sudden we're giving ourselves permission to be, like, how we are, which, you know, is so, 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 so uh, much putting us on the road of a slow, steady demise when we start to say it's just the way I am. Oh, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is like, oh, that's just the way I am. Oh, okay. Like, sure. That's the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it's, it's the way that we allowed ourselves to be for a long time and then we created that part of ourselves. Yeah, it's just but a belief of denial. It's just, a, it's, it, 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 that stems from a deep-seated belief system that we are unwilling to look at more closely with a magnifying glass and actually take responsibility for the way that we feel. It's a very interesting paradigm there. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So your question again was, I I go on tangents. Why do we go against ourselves? Like, why is it that I, I even in the moment knew for me, for me, when I realized that I was having a bit of anxiety and it was affecting my day-to-day decisions and affecting my, Like I haven't, I'm a runner. I run often. I would say I run on average four to five days a week. So I'm pretty consistent. And, um, I had realized that I hadn't gone for a run. I hadn't been doing those things that are part of my self-love practice. My anxiety was starting to come up. And then when I had the awareness that it was there, I still didn't, I still didn't want to change it. I, I chose to, to stay. So why is it that we go against ourselves? Is it just the human sure. condition? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Let's, let's, let's ride that way for a second. So there's a lot of belief that it's a survival mechanism that our ancestors passed on to us yep. that we actually thrive by being in a state of worry uh, in some capacity mm-hmm. and that it's more natural it, It's to, to be you know in this state of, of worry and panic and fear um, than it is to just be sort of positive. For whatever reason, we they say that that, is to, that has to do with how we once survived, right? But when, when our lives were on the line on a daily basis, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, and there were enemy tribes and, you know, animals that could easily, you know, kill us, we needed to be on the lookout at all times. Yeah. And we haven't actually gotten rid of that gene. Gotcha. So, or that response. So instead today because you know thankfully a lot of us are not you know running from you know 
enemy tribes and yeah. wild tigers like in Ottawa or Toronto or <laughs> New York City. Uh, you know, we, we still, however, carry that same response, that same gene. So instead, now we actually look at things or we create things to get consumed by, worried about, and focused on. Mm-hmm. And we create all these fear responses around like, you know, oh, shoot, what if this Instagram picture doesn't get as many likes or comments as I would like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, what if that person on the date, you know, doesn't like me as, you know, and I have to go back on the dating app? Or, yeah. you know, what if, you know, I flunk out on my test? Or what if this sure. business deal doesn't go right? Sure, you know, sure. all these things. But But for the most part, you know, your life does not ride on one of those things going the wrong way. Right. You know, like literally your survival, your life does not. So therefore we get used to thinking and feeling and allowing ourselves and giving ourselves permission to feel in a state of, of panic, state of worry, state of anxiety. So it can become very easy when we're walking around with a tight chest all day long to not give ourselves permission to breathe because we don't give ourselves the time and the space to just slow down and not look at our phone for, you know, three breaths. And yep. instead focus inward on making, you know, the decision to take those three breaths. Or one of the tools I talk about in my book is about, it's what I call decide when to decide. And, right, so decide when to decide. How many people listening, you, me too, have challenges with decisions? Yeah. Instead of actually, you know, booking a meeting with ourselves and putting it into our calendar and say, I'm going to decide between 2 and 3 p.m. by actually grabbing a piece of paper and a pen or my computer and maybe a spreadsheet or a, or a Google Doc and I'm going to map out everything that this decision that is weighing me down for the past six months or one day, either way, yep. all the way down, I'm going to do all the analysis needed to make a really good decision about this. But until it's my meeting to decide about whether or not I'm, you know, to Costa Rica or whether or yeah. not we're going to have children or whether or not I'm going to buy a new piece of property or whether or not I'm going to actually commit to working out five days a week and losing 20 pounds instead of thinking and beating myself up all day every day that I need to start working out and lose 20 pounds, I'm going to map it all out in my meeting with myself and I'm committing to myself that at the end of this meeting, I will have a go forward plan. Just like every meeting that has ever been created for every single business that has ever happened in this world. Mm -hmm. And by business, I also mean not-for-profit. I mean government organization. I mean, guys, everything that we look at, listen to, sit on, breathe in pretty much is based on someone who had the the decision-making muscles to say, we're going to make a decision about this, and then this is going to be the conclusion, and then we go forward. So... You see, often though, we don't decide to decide. We mm-hmm. don't decide when to decide, right? Instead, mm-hmm. we're just walking around with that. We also don't even know that, hey, maybe I just got to decide to breathe. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I just need to decide that, okay. And by the way, I totally get you, what you said. You said for you, it's running. That's part of your self-love practice. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it is doing is practicing yoga. Mm-hmm. Okay, I still do like stuff for my muscles, uh, you know, four or five times a week. I love TRX. I love doing body weight training. Um, chin-ups, you name it. Yep. But like that is more for like my muscles and my ego, I'll be totally honest, okay. than it is for yeah, my fair. mental health. Yep. Yep. Yoga is my mental health thing. Yeah. So there might be you know, a few days where I won't do my yoga practice and I might feel different. 
why do I slow down? Why do you slow down on running? Well, I think it goes back to that idea that, you know, in a way, there are these genes that have been passed on to us for many, many, you know, centuries ago from our, from our ancestors where we intentionally, without sometimes knowing it, try to do things that actually hurt us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's fun. You know, like when we were kids, staying up extra late on a school night. Yeah. Maybe it's fun. You know, they, they, they say that we have a masochistus, which means a a yearning to actually harm ourselves. In, Interesting. In, in life. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's very extreme. Of course, sure. we, we know, and in my work, I, I often, you know, uh, chat with people who have, you know, done some sort of bodily harm that is much more extreme than, I'm just not going to go running yeah. this week, right? Yeah. Or I'm going to have, like, way too much pizza. But nonetheless, it's all in the same vein of harming ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think we need to ask ourselves, like personally what I've learned is that my body is way smarter than my conscious mind. Okay. So my conscious mind might be like, Julian, like you're on top of the world this week, man. Like you are doing <laughs> so well, you know, you're like helping people change their lives. Your book just hit the bestseller list. Yeah. You know, one of your investments went really well. Like yeah. things are great. And you don't need to do any yoga, man. Sleep in tonight, today. You deserve it. Like, yeah. have way too much coffee. Forget about the tool CT and all the water, you know. Like, tonight, yeah. like, go for some drinks, like, whatever. You know, you don't need any of this stuff. And if my mind allows me to go in that direction, my body, which I said a second ago, is way smarter than my mind. Everyone's body is way smarter than the mind, just that we don't not really know how to listen to the body. Right. The body will start acting up on it. Right? So learn, thankfully, for enough highs and lows in my life that sometimes you just gotta stop questioning everything. I really and like that just advice. Be on autopilot with the mm-hmm. things that help us. It's really interesting because I mean, so many people have that same thought pattern and it might, the voice might be saying something different, but it's that same loop that comes in. We've both talked about that already. It's almost like, um, for me, I, I have this, I have this weird relationship between coping skills and healing our bodies and the things we do to cope with our anxiety or with things or a negative vibration or I don't know, worry, nerves, panic, other synonyms for anxiety. I don't know if you equate um, anxiety to those words as well, but, and then there's, what, what is it? Excitement. Excitement. Yes. Actually going back to my freestyle ski days, um, I worked with a a psychotherapist that really emphasized the fact that there is no difference in the body chemicals between nervousness and excitement. So it's uh, it, we we convert that feeling uh, in our minds so like the butterflies in your stomach happens when you're really excited and it happens when you're really freaking nervous and it's just our mind that that tells or the anxious. story or anxious yeah so but I like I, I want to get into sort of the healing so you were saying you know drinking numbing avoiding those are those to me are self-taught coping mechanisms and coping strategies just to kind of forget that we have the anxiety what are we doing to heal i personally i love yoga as well we actually you were saying before we started that you know of my friends from pure yoga amber and jen so yeah, cool they're awesome. so cool um and meditation is another big one for me, which I resisted for years and years. I resisted meditation for years. 
And then when I started to do it, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that ever, is it ever a powerful tool? <laughs> so how do we move forward with this? Like, can you give us, give me some, or us, some healing practices? For sure, with pleasure. So once we realize that our anxiety is trying to tell us something, then we say, all right, how am I going to move forward? How am I going to start to own my anxiety, right? And not start thinking, you know, like, how am I going to remove the term cope with anxiety or suffer? I suffer from anxiety. I suffer from, yep, yep. Like, how are we going to stop, right? I think that's that's so important because as soon as we say, you know, because listen, it's, it's simple. Everyone, if we say I'm just trying to cope with anxiety. I suffer from anxiety. Are you the hero of the story or the victim of the story? Oh, that is so powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're definitely the victim. (laughs) You're already putting yourself below. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're already putting yourself together. So it's a lot harder to achieve anything we want in life, even something as simple as a good morning. Yeah. If we feel that we are coming at it from like being super, super, super low down, like a victim. Yes. Right. Instead, if it's like, oh, thank you for giving me another morning. You look up yeah. to the sky and you yes. imagine something bigger than you that just gave you life again. Yes. You know, you're going to you're going to be like, shit, like, OK, like I feel pretty good this morning. So, OK, how do we take this step further? How do we heal? We, we heal and we how do we own again? See, I just caught myself. I prefer to say I own my anxiety than yeah. heal from my anxiety. Okay. Right. Or how do I thrive? Like I'm literally in the middle of giving some trainings online and I call it thrive with anxiety. And you know, it's that same idea. How do we thrive? Because that, that I could have said, stop suffering from anxiety. Yeah. That I called my training, how to thrive with anxiety and boom, it insinuates and activates a different part of our entire mind. Right. We 100%. get super excited. Yes. So we need to know the tools, my friend. That's yes. it. That is it. And like, I'm not here to sell my book. Thank, thank God it's a, it's a bestseller. So like, I, I don't need a book sale. But I do want to honestly tell everyone, the reason I wrote this book is because I felt like there wasn't anything offered in the world that dumbed down all the different things that we can do yeah. to start to own our anxiety and thrive with anxiety and feel better about our anxiety. Yes. So that's why there's literally 99 little tools broken into three sections. Own your body, own your mind, own your soul. Love it. Each, each tool is like a page or two. So it's like easy to just read and then like come back to you down the road if you know a couple of them really stick to you. So so, so, so that's how we start our healing process. Now, that being said, you know, we, we would need like 10 more podcasts for me to tell you about <laughs> each of the 99. <laughs> um, but I will share a couple that are really important. Yeah, Number let's do one, like, to- is, yeah, let's do you your know, top ones. What's that? Let's do your top ones. Top three. What are you, or something okay. like that. Beautiful. So presumably everybody listening also is able to breathe. And how you breathe, my friends, mm-hmm. could be very much impacting how your anxiety is living inside your body. Okay. And to get even more specific, how it lives inside your nervous system. Because we can activate what's known as the fight or flight response, which is essentially what anxiety is. Mm -hmm. We can activate it simply by breathing into our chest and our lungs. But on the other hand, if we breathe into our belly and our pelvic area, we activate what's known as the relaxation response. Right. One nervous system, different parts to it. Up top in the chest and lungs, the fight or flight area, 
that's called the sympathetic nervous system. But down in the belly and the pelvic floor, that's where your parasympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system lives. So if you want to slow down and activate the relaxation response, which is part and parcel with the parasympathetic nervous system, all we need to do is breathe into the belly mm-hmm. and that pelvic area. So why don't we do this together right now? And okay. by the way, it's always, I'm into it. If you want it, if you want to own your anxiety, it's always better to breathe through your nose. Uh, it, it sends a different signal to the mind. So it has to do with how the oxygen actually reaches the mind. So we're going to take a big, deep inhale from the nose to the belly. Sound good? Yeah. Uh, Elisa's already like getting Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, am, I am here. I am ready. <laughs> All right, beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so everyone listening, I'm going to invite you to just kind of sit up nice and tall like I can see Elisa's doing. She obviously knows how to meditate. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice and tall. Let your spine grow long with the spine Go all the way up to your neck, and your neck grows nice and long. Your chin comes a little closer to your chest. Let your shoulders open left to right so that your heart really opens as well. And now just take one big inhale from the nose to the belly. Inhale, direct the air down there for three, four, two, and push up the belly for one. Your belly should be nice and expanded. And now we'll exhale for three through the nose. Exhale, one, two, Let's do that one more time because it really feels good. Inhale from the nose, direct the air to your lower belly. Three, two, one. And now through your nose, we're going to exhale for three, two, one. And now we'll do one more. Eyes still closed. Everyone inhale, nose to belly just like we've done. And this time I invite you to think of one thing that you're grateful for. And see it as you inhale from your nose to your belly. And now we're at the top of our inhale, meaning our belly is nice and full of air. See what you gave gratitude for. And then as we exhale, again for three, we're going to allow what we gave gratitude for to come closer to us and closer to us. So exhale for three. Let it come closer to you for two. Just like a wave coming back home. And you are home for one. See it. All right. Awesome. Excellent. That was three breaths, and we actually created something very, very powerful there. Uh, so when when we're feeling anxious, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very quickly we can change the body's response by activating the parasympathetic through the breath, and then also by simply giving gratitude, we start to fire all these beautiful things inside the mind that raise our vibration and bring the sense of inner peace and calm. And it's hard to be anxious when you have inner peace and calm. Mm-hmm. It so really is, that, yeah. Sorry? It really is hard. <laughs> this I suggest doing every single morning to start off your day. I do 10 of these every single morning. Okay. Cool. Uh, and at the same time, you know, it's just important that everyone remembers that sometimes we need tools that will get our anxiety from like sky high to like super manageable yeah. and ownable. And yeah. then we direct it to what we want as our superpower. Other times it's about like, well, if there's a starting point of anxiety for all people, there's a baseline. Mm-hmm. So we got to ask ourselves, where's my baseline of anxiety, right? Like if I just like, you know, have a bunch of crazy things happen to me, I'm going to be far more anxious and therefore my baseline of anxiety is way higher. So one more thing might put me over the top, but if my baseline of anxiety is really low and calm and relaxed, 
like I just, you know, got off a yoga mat or just finished meditating Mm -hmm. or journaling or reading a really calming book or listening to, you know, slow, beautiful music that really makes me feel great, right? All that kind of stuff. My baseline of anxiety is much lower. So therefore, I can actually take on far more things until I get that feeling of like, oh my God, this is overwhelming anxiety, Mm -hmm. right? So it's important that we do tools like we just did, like when we feel the anxiety, but also to think about how can I proactively get my baseline to a place that feels really good so I can just live in this really good state. Yeah, I love it. Okay, what's number two? Well, I gave you two right now. Oh, number three, number three. I gave you two. I, I, I just kind of slipped number two. Right yeah, you, you did. You did. You did. All right. Number three. Number three. Um, I think everyone really needs to become more and more aware of self-talk. Ooh, I love self-talk. I love talking about self-talk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's crucial, Lisa. You know, the conversation that we're having by far the most all day, every day. Well, it's not with someone else. It's with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, do we want these conversations to be things that really make us feel awesome, or yeah. that make us feel like crap? You're right. You know, um, and I, I write about this a lot, and and I had such a passion to talk about it because our thoughts create our reality, and your thought is the byproduct of, I mean, a conversation with yourself. Absolutely. It's yeah. that simple. It's a conversation with yourself. Every thought is a conversation with, with ourselves. So, you know, one really simple tool uh, that, I, that I'd love to share with your, with your uh, listeners is every time you pass a mirror, you know, I know it's super, super almost reflex-like to look at that mirror and notice something about ourselves that we don't necessarily love, yeah. that is not empowering, that kind of brings us down. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. Yeah. So, you know, instead to do what I call the mirror trick. Again, this is in my book and in my course. Um, you got to finish every conversation with that mirror. Remember that one quick thought, look at those bags in your eyes. You're like, oh, that shirt makes you look fat or whatever the <laughs> thought is. Yeah. Every single conversation cannot end with that mirror. So meaning if you had that, that reflex thought, like, oh, Julian, like you look like crap today. Uh-uh, I'm not going to keep walking. I'm going to stop. When yeah. I'm riding the elevator, I'm not going to get out until the last thought, the very last thought has to be a compliment. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I talk a lot about uh, the body checking as well, how we body check and reflections of any type. We're walking down the street and we see ourselves in a mirror or a window or whatever, however we yeah. check our body. Um but I like the last thought being a compliment. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Because it's that last thought yeah. that mm-hmm. literally creates the runway for what happens after. Right? Yeah. If I if I if I go to that meeting or I go to meet up with my girlfriend or, you know, I go to, you know, start answering some emails, after I left that self talk moment with a negative, I'm going to carry more negativity. Mm-hmm. And maybe sort of self-loathing, maybe more victim mindset, maybe yeah. more anxiety, certainly less self-love. I'm going to carry that into that next step that I take in my life, whatever that step is. Again, seeing a friend, seeing a kid, you know, seeing your partner, whatever, mm-hmm. Going, mm-hmm. To, going to exercise. Like, I don't want to go to exercise and be like, I need to be here because I'm fat. Right. I want to go and be like, I need to be here because it's good for my body. Yeah, or it feels good, and this is, yeah, this is what I'm craving, and this part of, yes, absolutely. I, I really like that. Same and, idea. so it's super Yes, 
same idea. These are really, really great tips. Um, and I really like, I, I actually really, really like that last, I'm going to use that. I'm going to start doing that. The last thing that you say, the last conversation, when you see yourself in the mirror, I like to do uh, three compliments and in, in, to start the day where I look at myself naked, like you stand naked in front of a mirror and you compliment yourself, give yourself three things. And it's really interesting Let's how like it. it is, but it's interesting how it is so challenging at the beginning until you create the habit of doing these things. Like the three things you just mentioned are, are, are realistically will take less than five minutes a day, like realistically, but it's getting into the habit of, actually doing it and committing to to yourself in some way do you have any tips on on how to do this you did say breathe in the, you breathe in the morning um like how what's the best way to get into the habit of of these types of self-love or self-care practices it's all about having triggers okay. that literally trigger us to do things so you know what are things that that your life just naturally has that could be used as a trigger. This is a positive trigger, not a negative trigger. Sure. A yeah. positive trigger. So for example, waking up in the morning, that's a fantastic trigger. Don't have to think yeah. too much. First thing I do when I wake up is this. Yeah. Every time I pass a mirror, I end up with a compliment. That's a trigger. The mirror is a trigger. Yeah. Another trigger that people sometimes find very, very effective is every time I put my cell phone away, I do one thing. I take a breath. I think of one thing I'm grateful for. I compliment myself. Yeah. Uh, I have an affirmation. Another yeah. trigger for people is when I put my hand on a door handle. Yeah. I use that as an opportunity to give something positive. You know, take Love that it. breath, gratitude, whatever. So I'd say the easiest way to do this is then just identify a couple of triggers and go with that. I really push everyone I work with to make mornings the most sacred time because yeah. the morning sets you up for your day. And your yeah. day becomes your week, your week is your month, your months are your years, and your years are literally your life. But it all starts with something as small but huge as what do you do in the morning. Amazing. Okay, so <clears throat> we're going to have to do another show at some point to keep going because I yes. have a whole lot. I That just started a whole nother uh, line of questioning. However... We're getting to the time where we need to sort of wrap this up, but I do want you to let everybody know, how do we work with you? Like, how do we get more of you? Like for me, I'm going to be a loyal Instagram follower forever. And your book is now audiobook, which I'm yep. super excited about because I'm an audiobook kind of gal. So where can we find you? It's a great audiobook. The only problem is that the freaking narrator has this annoying, annoying voice. That, uh, <laughs> is it you? Are you the narrator? So hopefully you're all okay with it. I love um, it. So the best way to find me would be, uh, first of all, for anyone who wants to dive right in and talk about like how do we work together in a one-to-one coaching capacity or how can you apply for my next group coaching, yeah. you can just email my team and I at imready at julianbrass.com. So it's I, the letter M, ready, no apostrophe, no spaces, at yeah. julianbrass.com. Uh, my website, obviously, is julianbrass.com. Um, I have uh, an Instagram account, which yeah. we yeah. Uh, all know, thanks to Elisa. It's yeah. uh, at julianbrass. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing that I would share is that uh, for the very near term, uh, my Own Your Anxiety course 
is available. It may not be available in the new year. Okay. Uh, but but I've created this course that is really special for people at this exact time that mm-hmm. we are in in the world, mm-hmm. where you're going to really learn so much about the stuff that we discussed today. However, there's also a lot of special uh, bonuses and things that I've added to this course that essentially is built for this COVID pandemic that we're in. Ooh, okay. Great. So like part of it is that there's this tribe of people that all go through the course and then are part of this little mastery tribe where we support each other and we bring, you know, one another up instead of letting all the negativity and the anxiety evoking thoughts, you know, win the conversation. It's very hard today. You know, it's just a sad reality. You know, you might have like 10 conversations, let's just say on any given day, maybe one is going to be a really positive conversation. Mm -hmm. The other nine are going to be all about COVID, all about the state of the world. Yeah. More complaining than praising. Yeah. And, you know, I want to change that through bringing trained people together. So the training is take the course and then I create this group where everyone comes together. So anyway, you can find that out as well. You can either email us at I'm ready at julianbrass.com uh, or visit julianbrass.com slash O-Y-A hyphen course for the course itself. I'll have all those links in my in my show notes. How's that sound? Is that sounds amazing. Community, like-minded people, that's exactly where I want to be. And I'm so happy that you have come here to share your wealth of knowledge, talk about anxiety, normalize anxiety, and give, you know, really, really great tools to help lift our vibration, baby. That was awesome. <laughs> you go, you go. It's an honor to be here. I'm so nice chatting with you. Really easy to talk to. I loved everything you had to share and your questions were fantastic. Oh, great. Thank um, you. I just hope that we really helped your listeners. Because, Absolutely. You know, we're all here to share and serve and spread light in our own way. So, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone listening, listen, listen grab the book. The last thing you can do is grab that freaking book because yeah. it can change your life. I promise you. Get on your anxiety. You won't regret it. I'm downloading it today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, that's all for today. I want to thank my guest again, Julian Brass, for all of his amazing insight and motivation to take responsibility for our own lives. Love it. Uh, We also forgot to mention that he does have a free training starting this November. So I'm going to link all of the ways you can connect and work with Julian in the show notes. If you haven't done so yet, please go to Apple Podcasts or Google Play and subscribe, rate, and leave a written review. Follow the show on Spotify and share on your social media. Tag me at at Elisa Curry Lowitz. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.